and I knew probably about a week in to full-time caregiving that I was going to write the book. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And we are excited to introduce you to a local author. Her name is Lori Smith, and she is bringing a book that she wrote and just recently published. How about you tell us about the book? Okay. So the book is about caregiving. It is my story of taking care of my dad. Mm-hmm. toward the end of his life. The title of the book is 112 Days. That's how many days I did full-time caregiving for him. That's mm-hmm. where the title came from. And I knew probably about a week in to full-time caregiving that I was going to write the book. For me, it was a calling from God. It was very, very clear. And I'm a very much a second-guesser kind mm-hmm. of person. And there was no second guessing. I knew at some point I was going to write this book. Mm -hmm. The reason I felt that so strongly is because just a few days in, I was just beginning to realize the enormity Mm -hmm. of what I signed up for. Yes. And I was just beginning to realize the things I thought I knew, I didn't know. And there were all these other things I didn't know that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And it was very overwhelming. And it started out being overwhelming very quickly. Yeah. And I thought, I'm a born writer. I was born a writer. As soon as I could write, I was writing. Mm Mm-hmm. I wrote horrible poetry in <laughs> elementary school. I think we school. all go through a phase like that. <laughs> so I thought, I-, I need to write about this. And another thing that really was helpful in the journey of writing the book is because I'm a born writer, it's like I write to breathe and I breathe to write. So I journal mm-hmm. all the time. And when I'm going through something hard... I journal much more. So in the 112 days, about four months, I did over 100 pages typed of journal entries. Mm -hmm. And so there's journal entries throughout the book. I give readers a real look at what my life was like. Mm -hmm. And I choose to do that because I want to encourage others that Feeling what I felt isn't, you're not the only one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like caregiving is one of those situations that people don't really have an opportunity to prepare for, and then it just kind of falls on them. What were some of the biggest surprises as you started to take care of your dad? I knew a little bit about hospice care. I knew there was a level where it was like toward the end of someone's life and that level And then there was the level that I had, that my dad had, which was, they're going to die, but they're not going to die tomorrow or Mm -hmm. next week. It might be months down the road. It might be years. Mm -hmm. But they need some regular interaction with medical professionals, and they want to stop 
going to the hospital all the time. Yeah. So I knew those two levels existed. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what hospice provided and what they didn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how the caregiver fit into the equation. I didn't understand that Medicare did not pay anything toward caregiving. And that, that was one of the reasons I became his caregiver, because he refused to pay for one. Mm. And he refused to allow me to check with the VA, who mm. would have provided one free of charge for him. Yeah, But he didn't trust who they would send. And mm -hmm. he trusted me. And there, there it was. Yeah. And so I ended up saying I would do it, thinking... It would be a certain way, and it was totally different. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like if you crash-landed in a foreign country, you were planning to go there, and you looked at all the brochures, and you thought, okay, this is how it's going to be. And then you crash-land, and nothing looks anything like the <laughs> brochures. You landed in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and you're in the middle of nowhere, and you don't know the language, and you don't know mm -hmm. the culture, and that's... Yeah. Kind of how, how it felt. And I know I'm not the only one mm -hmm. that felt that way or feels that way. And I thought I want to encourage others. Yeah. And you said that there were journal entries in the book. Is this something, since you were planning on writing it so early, that you were writing in your head? Were you actually writing the book down as it was happening? Yeah. Or did you wait until after I waited until mm -hmm. after the journal entries. I mean, I knew I was going to write a book. Yeah. But I wasn't going to even consider yeah. starting writing it mm -hmm. while I was going through mm -hmm. all the other stuff. The journal entries were my therapy. Mm -hmm. They were my outlet. I would uh, spend all day long with my dad. We lived two streets apart. So if he was doing okay... I could come home and sleep in my bed for a few hours mm -hmm. every night. So I would come home and open my laptop and go to town mm -hmm. because I needed that outlet from whatever the day yeah. had been like. That was very helpful when I started writing the book because it helped me remember Mm -hmm. everything that happened. How long did it take you to write the book? I, my dad passed away in October of 2021. I started writing in March of 2022. Mm -hmm. Sent the first draft of the complete book to the editor in June of 2023. Okay. Wow. So it was fast. Yeah. So I know you told me a little bit about how the cover was selected for your book, and the cover is beautiful. Mm -hmm. How about you inform our listeners? Okay. <laughs> so the cover, and obviously listeners can't see it, right. but <laughs> uh, the cover is the appearance of waves and some light tones and then some black and because I wanted the cover to show darkness and light because mm. it was like I was in darkness and I felt like God abandoned me in the darkness but yet throughout the whole thing there were glimpses of light and then when it was over and I looked back on it, I saw a lot more light that I couldn't see before. So it, it's a 
combination of light and dark, kind of a wave look, because I love the beach and I love waves. So you talked a little bit about the journaling being therapeutic for you in the experience. When you started writing the book and you read back through those journal entries, talking a little bit about like darkness and seeing more light than you could see while you were in it. Was that also healing for you, being able to go back and and read through what you went through from a little distance? Yes, it it was cathartic. So I had written the book, and the editing process was complete. I had a launch team of friends Mm -hmm. that uh, sent PDF copies of the book to read through to check for topographical errors and things such as that. Mm -hmm. And there was... Something one lady caught, but she couldn't remember where it was. Oh no! In the book, she she had the page and all that, and then somehow she lost it. And reading through the book again, she couldn't find it. So I started reading the, through the book, and then going back through the journal entries because some journal entries are in the book, and I thought, well, maybe. It's in the journal entries. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I thought, you know what? I should read through these like once a year just to be reminded of what all God brought me through. Because the book ha- is real and raw and messy, and it's mm-hmm. got a lot of deep, dark stuff in it because. Mm-hmm. That's where I was in that season. But reading through the entirety of the journal entries, there's a lot that's there that's not in the book. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, reminds me anew of what a miracle it was that I survived it, that I didn't end up in the hospital, Mm -hmm. that I didn't end up sick, not in the hospital. I mean, because it was so trying and so intense. So yes, it's cathartic and it's helpful to read through it on a regular basis, Mm. I think. What would be one large point of advice you'd give to somebody who is entering a caregiver cycle of their life? The first thing, give yourself a whole lot of grace. You're not going to do everything perfectly. And even if you do everything right, it may not be received graciously. Mm -hmm. So do the best you can. Give yourself lots of grace. Do your best to take care of yourself as you're taking care of your loved one. Make sure you've got safe people to vent to. I had a group text with four friends that were my lifeline that I don't know what I would have done without them. And you need that. You need to be able to vent. And I I say this in the book, but these friends, one day I had a really bad day and I sent a text to them just venting my frustration and not filtering at all. And I hit send and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just sent that. It's terrible. So then I sent another text immediately, and I said, disregard previous text. I'm so sorry. It was just a bad day. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. I don't want you to think ill of my dad. He was just having a bad day, too. Mm -hmm. And the response was overwhelming. A, we are worried about you. That is not going to stop. B, 
We are your safe place. You can say anything here. We love you unconditionally. It'll be confidential. We're not going to share this with anybody. So I did. Mm -hmm. I've been it a lot. (laughs) And it was very, very helpful. So um, vent a lot. Give yourself grace. Don't be afraid to reach out to God. Unfilter. Say what's on your heart. He's a big God. He can take it. He encourages it. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And if you are a friend of someone who is a caregiver, what do you think is the best thing to offer them to support them? Because I know a lot of times it's hard to ask for support, but if you know someone who's going that, what would you have appreciated or what did you appreciate from your friends? Affirmation. I have one friend that I mentioned to her that I felt very alone, Mm. but I felt guilty for feeling alone because I knew God was with me, but I didn't feel it, and I felt alone. And she affirmed that by coming back and saying, you know what, you are alone. There is no spouse, no siblings, no immediate family Mm -hmm. to bounce stuff off of, to cry to, to scream to. You are alone in that there's no tangible person here Mm -hmm. to help you. And I'm so sorry, you know. And that meant so much to me. Another thing is listen, pray for them, and remind them frequently that you're praying for them. I had one girlfriend who sent me little inspirational Mm -hmm. texts like ever so often, and I would get those just at the perfect time. And I do, I have a chapter in the book called Caring for a Caregiver. And it kind of goes through all that. So I kind of want to shift gears to the technical side of getting your book published. Um, What was it like trying to find somebody that could edit your book? That was completely orchestrated by God. I mentioned to a friend early on when I first started writing the book that I'm writing this book, and she said, oh, that's wonderful. I have a friend who is a local author, and I'll put you in touch with her. Uh, She lives in Montgomery, and that led to she and I texting each other and talking on the phone a couple of times. She gave me contact information for the lady that worked with her and helped her self-publish. She's written a couple of books. She helped her self-publish her second book and did all the editing and everything, which led to me working with this same lady. So I self-published the book, but she did all the legwork Mm -hmm. to get it published. And It worked out very, very well. With your cycle of editing, did you end up giving this book to your core friends that supported you through all this? Did they end up reading it and helping with the editing process? The launch team, which were my friends. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was one of the things I did. I sent them out a PDF copy, and then they came back with, you know, whatever things that they saw And I compiled them all together along with mine because I did the same thing. Mm. And then all that got edited. And then the lady I worked with sent the book to a proofreader Mm. who also 
checked everything. It got checked a lot, but from what I understand, there's going to be errors in every book. Yeah. <laughs> Even in, you know, like new releases mm-hmm. of the Bible, there are errors just because we we're are only human. human. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no matter how hard we try, it can't yeah. be perfect. But I'm glad that you had so many people who were able to help you because I feel like writing this book, even if it was cathartic, was probably also not difficult if you Emotionally felt... draining, maybe. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So it's always nice that even in the writing process, you still had people who were able to support you and help you make this like dream become a reality. Have you thought about what you might write next? Or is this still too new and you need to see it through like to <laughs> being sold and all of this other stuff? Uh, I'm still promoting this. Mm-hmm. I don't have, you know, anything in the wings or whatever. I don't have anything pending. I didn't ever think I'd write this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That never entered my mind that I'd ever write a book. You know, if God so chooses to guide me and say, hey, you could write a book about this, mm-hmm. or you could write a devotional, or you could write a Bible study, or whatever, mm-hmm. then I'm open to that. But yeah, right now I'm focused on this one. Mm-hmm. And and I do have a website where I post blogs, and I will continue to do that. Mm-hmm. I will link your blog like okay. in the description of the podcast recording. Where is your book available to purchase? It's available on Amazon, mm-hmm. Kindle version and paperback. Kindle version right now is discounted to two ninety nine to encourage people even if they get the paperback to get the kindle too Mm -hmm. so that they can leave a review is there anything else that you want to add about your book anything um, about the writing process anything just advice anything like that that you'd like to add in if you feel led to write and think you might want to write a book you should do it (laughs) (laughs) And, and there are People like the lady I worked with out there that are not the large publishing company where you've got to go pitch your book and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Who will help I didn't even those. know that existed. I knew about publishing companies, but I didn't know what she does was a thing. Yeah, someone but, that can help you more one-on-one yes. to just make sure it's polished when it goes yes. out. Yes. That is nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and telling us about your book. And stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye.